The birth of Jesus foretold. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. As we follow the story, we travel in song to that city, the city of David, once in Royal David's city. Please stand. Yeah. 
couple of readings are the birth of Jesus. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He travelled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Our next carol. Please stand. Show. 
little sleep The angels keep their watch of wandering love How silently, how silently The wondrous gift is given So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of His hand. No ear may hear His coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive Him still, the dear Descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, and she gave birth to a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodgings available for them. And now we come to the song that I always think of as the lullaby. When we have children and we want them to rest and to sleep, we often sing them songs to soothe them. And I find this quite a soothing song. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Please stand. Stop. 
That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased, with those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let us go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Can you imagine what it was like being on a dark hillside, expecting a nice quiet night, and suddenly there's an angel. Wow. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Let's stand to sing.
was their intent and to follow the star wherever it went no Visitors from the East Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. 
King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went on their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. His hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies, with the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. i 
light and life to all he brings risen with healing in his wings mild he lays his glory by born that man no more may die born to raise the sons of earth born to give them second birth Christmas was long, long ago. A girl called Mary had started to grow. Inside she carried a wee baby boy and an angel was sent to tell of the joy. Yee! Angel rocket, angel rocket. That's not in a story. Angels don't need rockets. Mary was speechless. She didn't know how. These things could have happened, but still she bowed. The angel then made an appearance to Joe, who was worried when Mary had started to show. But Gabriel said, You may find this odd. Just trust me, these things are all coming from God. Mary is carrying God's only son, the saviour of old, the long-promised one. So call his name Jesus, your maker in skin. He's come now to save all his people from sin. Meanwhile, great Caesar Augustus in Rome had made a decree, return to your home. For Joseph, this rule meant Bethlehem town, so they rode on their donkey all the way down. Dad, Dad, the dad coming to hand. What are you doing? She said they were riding with a donkey, not a helicopter. Fine, that's better. That's not in the story. Arriving in Bethlehem, Mary was blue. But try as they might, no hotels had room in. They asked one innkeeper, Sir, are you able? The innkeeper said, Oh, go on, use my stable. So Jesus was born in a cold cattle shed, with nowhere to lay him. A trough was his bed. Wait, what? That can't be in the story. Actually, it is. Yes, sir. Now out in the fields, some angels appeared to shepherds who cowered and all of them feared. One angel said, Peace, I bring you good news. The Saviour is born, so put on your shoes. The shepherds all hurried to old Bethlehem to worship the babe who'd been born for them. Away in the east there lived some wise men who followed a star wherever it went. They knew it would lead them to worship the king, so gold, incense and myrrh they did bring. It's getting crowded now. Do you think there's room? Now here round the baby the world is invited. The strongest and weakest they all are united, from wise men to shepherds, from angels to sheep, from shiniest heights to the darkest deep. So come to the manger, see God become small. The true Christmas story has room for us all. It's bigger than you thought. Maybe it is in the story. Hello. <clears throat> so, so 
So here we are, and Christmas is only a few days away. If you're anything like my children, you know exactly the days, hours, moments, until it comes. Um, oh dear. Hannah, did you like the did you like the video? Did you like it? David, did you like it? Have you been in a nativity recently, Dad? What were you? You don't know? David was a star in his nativity. <laughs> oh dear. She can come up to me if she wants to let one. Um, yeah. But was there anything different about this nativity? Was there anything different in this nativity? On the one up there, was there anything different? Or was it the same as your play in school? Was it the same as your play? Or was there anything different in this video? No. Nothing different. Oh, well, I didn't... I don't remember coming across a double-decker bus and a rocket in the, the Bible. But it was a little bit different, I thought. Yeah. Now, one of the things I'm really enjoying about being a mum, not so much having them join me when I'm trying to talk, but I'm really enjoying... Um, the fact that David is now part of a nativity show every Christmas, and that's become part of our Christmas tradition, uh, to go and watch him in his show. Um, and I really like that his school and his preschool before, that they do a, a real nativity. You know, it's not just a Christmassy show, it's the actual nativity. And I, I really like that they are um, teaching the children the true meaning of Christmas. Um, but if I'm honest, the, I think the most fun thing about a nativity and um, the most memorable thing, definitely, is when it goes a little bit wrong. Have you ever been at one of those? Very good. <laughs> I, I remember watching a... Um, it was a TV show, actually, but it was about children doing a nativity. And I watched it years ago. Um, and there was a little boy, and he was supposed to be the second wise man. Um, but he had a lisp, so he couldn't say frankincense. He could only say frankincense. Bless him. So all the way through this, this show, he's practicing and he's practicing and he just can't say it right. Um, and then the day of the performance comes and he's really, really nervous. But um, he, they go up on stage and the first wise man goes up and he says, I bring you gold. And then the little boy with the lisp, he kind of shuffles back and he pushes wise man number three forward. So he has to go forward next and he says, I bring you myrrh. And then our little, little um, wise man with a lisp, he goes forward and he just says, and I bring you more myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought he was quite clever because he just avoided the issue. Um, but I watched that. It was probably like 10 years ago I watched that. But I still remember it and I found it really amusing. Um, and if you go online, you can find so many videos of nativities that went a little bit wrong. And I am sure that it's the families of the people involved, those are probably the nativities they talk about and reminisce about every year. Um, and one, one major faux pas, something that is a little bit difficult to, to gloss over, is when, <laughs> this is like a lesson, um, <laughs> practical lesson here, and one thing is quite hard to gloss over is when somebody drops the baby Jesus. <laughs> Um, and that happens quite a lot, actually. There are loads of videos of that online. Um, and yeah, you, you see like a little Mary, and she's a bit distracted. She's swinging the baby Jesus back and forth, and then she just drops him on her head. And the look of horror, like, ah, what have I done? Um, but I was thinking about this recently, and the thought occurred to me, what happens if the real-life Mary, or the real-life Joseph, or one of the members of the family, actually did drop the real Jesus on his head. 
I was thinking about this and I thought, oh my goodness, can you imagine that? Dropping God's only son on his head. <laughs> um, and I was just thinking about this and I thought, you know, sometimes we're a bit guilty of sterilizing the nativity story. We sing songs we have today and they say things like, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Really? You know what I'm talking about. Kids, kids cry. Um, and then there's, there's Mary, you know, all the paintings of Mary. And she's, she's so serene and composed. And I really, they really annoy me, I must say, because I really the like... The mummy, the mummy. She's the mummy, isn't she? My yeah. sister's the mummy. She just is, God chose it to be the mummy. Um, yeah, and she just looks so, so saintly. And it really annoys me that, because I used to struggle with Mary, but now I've read more about her, and actually, she really had spark, Mary. Like, if you read her, um, her, <laughs> if you read her prayer, the Magnificat in the Bible, she, just, she had some fight in her, Mary. She was, she was, oh, this is going to go well. <laughs> and the other thing, of course, is these paintings, they're like just after Jesus was born. And if you've ever had a baby then you will know that you don't look like that together just after you've had a baby. Um, she, doesn't ha she didn't have like a stylist like Princess Kate did, that's for sure. Please me, thank you. I'm just going to put you down for a second. That's all right. As long as you don't grab the paper, you're okay. I guess my point is that God decided that his son should be born to humble and imperfect, very human parents. And, you know, they may well have dropped him at some point in their lives, in some point in his life. And it's just, it's amazing that God's plans also included a really chaotic birth. This wasn't one of the ones that went along with the birthing plan. You know, Jesus' parents had to make this long and rushed journey to Bethlehem. And then God felt that it was acceptable that his son would be laid down to sleep in a manger as a, it was posing as a cot. I think my conclusion is that like the nativity, it was messy. It was really, really messy. Now, um, I've got a confession to make. <laughs> it's a bit silly, this. When I was younger, I was a bit vain about my hands. I used to pretend, well, I used to joke that I could be a hand model because my hands were like really symmetrical and they were really dainty and they, you know, I thought they looked quite nice. I used to joke about that. Um, but then when I was in my early 20s, I went and I worked in Romania for a while with a charity. Um, and when we were out there, we did stuff like you had to chop your own wood, you had to make your own fires. In the winter, it was like minus 30s uh, at times, definitely minus 20s. And then in the summer, it was minus, um, plus 30s you know, and up. Um, and we did some really, really dirty jobs out there. So quite quickly, my hands stopped looking so pretty. Uh, and I remember I was talking to my friend Karen, and I, um, I was complaining about my hands to her. And she said to me, she's a straight talker, Karen. She said to me, Liz, you don't want rich person hands. And it really struck me that, and it has always stayed with me, I don't want rich person hands. And Jesus didn't have rich person hands. He was a carpenter, so his hands would probably be something like Matt or John's hands. I don't know if you've seen them. They're rough, they are scarred, they're weathered, 
They're strong hands. They're not the typical hands of a king. But that kind of sums up what kind of king Jesus is. He was hands-on. He was willing to get messy. He wasn't afraid to serve, and he wasn't afraid to get mistaken for the gardener, as he once was. Jesus came down to be with us in our mess. It says in John chapter 1, verse 14, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. We really mustn't make the mistake that Western Christianity often has of sanitizing Jesus and sanitizing Christianity. It is precisely because Jesus got down to our level, what are we going to say, Anne? <laughs> got down to our level that we can take such comfort from him and that we can learn so much from his life. So, from his birth, we learn that our value has nothing to do with the trimmings of life and everything to do with who we really are. From his birth, we learn that our value has, uh, sorry, from his years of anonymity, so he didn't do anything much for 30 years, we learn that we are more than just what we do. From the rejection he endured from his brothers, we learn what our approach should be to family disunity just calmly dealing with it. From his handling of the woman accused of adultery, we learn what our approach should be to judging others. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. From his reaching out to unclean lepers, we see what our approach should be to those who are shunned by others. From the dodgy company he kept, we see how we should be inclusive and accepting of those around us. From his open-armed acceptance of children, <laughs> we see what our approach to kids should be. Let the children come to me, even in the middle of your talk in church. From his actions at the wedding of Cana, we learn how we should conduct ourselves at parties, generously and sensitive to the feeling of, feelings of others. Oops. You drop Jesus. <laughs> Uh, from his washing of his disciples' feet, we learn what our approach to leadership should be. Oops, I got my baby. Um, servant-heartedness. From his reaction to humiliation, we learn that our peace need not be influenced by the actions of others. And from his suffering, we learn that our <laughs> dignity is not something that can be taken away by force. But most of all, from Jesus' birth and Jesus' life, we learn that he gets it. Because he's been through it. He's been through the things that we've been through. And we learn that he cares. Enough to go through all that willingly. And as I was thinking about this, I just randomly listened to a, um, a, a talk online. And it was by a guy called Pete Gregg, who's part of the 24-7 prayer movement. And he's got a book called Dirty Glory. And he, he just read a quote of it, and it fitted so well with what I've been thinking about and what I'm talking about today. So I'll just read that out. He wrote, God's story from beginning to end describes glory getting dirty and dirt getting blessed. The creator made humanity out of the dust, and if on that day we left a little dirt behind in the creases of his hands, 
It was surely a sign of things to come. There are no lengths he won't go to, no mess he won't wade into, and no depths you can get to that could stop him coming after you. He's already shown us that, and all we have to do is accept this amazing gift and just keep saying yes to him. Thank you. I'll just finish with a prayer if that's okay. Yeah, thank you, God, that you weren't afraid to send Jesus down to get his hands dirty. Thank you that as Christians, we're not supposed to be these perfect, prosperous people to one side from everyone else. We're supposed to be right in there with them because that's how you did it. And that's how you do it. Thank you that you do not look down on us. Thank you that you love us for who we are and who you made us to be. Thank you for being you, Lord. And thank you for Christmas. Amen. I think that was a very practical demonstration of your talk, Liz. But it was also so true. God doesn't want us to put on a show. He doesn't put on a show for us. He says it like it is. He says, I love you. I love you enough that I will send my son to die for you. And because of that, we can experience joy. Not just feeling a little bit happy, not just feeling a little bit okay, but that feeling inside that even when somebody is trying to destroy your talk, you feel okay, you feel good because you have that joy. And we're going to finish our carol service today by singing, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing.
Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening to the story of Christmas. Can I leave you now just with a blessing? May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of the Christ child. May you and those you love know the blessing of God and the true meaning of Christmas today and always. Amen. And please stay and join us for some mince pies, some mulled wine, and tea and coffee.